0: says, And to Allah belong the east and the west. What is mashriq? What is maghrib? Mashriq is the place where shuruq is done. Sheen, ra, qaf. And maghrib is the place where gurub is done. Ghain ra, ba. What is shuruq? Rising. Rising of what? For example, the sun. Or the appearance of the moon. Rising of the stars. So mashriq is what? The place of rising. Mashriq. Masjid. Do they sound the same? They do. What is masjid? Place of sujood. What is mashriq? Place of shuruq. So what is maghrib then? Place of ghurub. All of these words, what are they? Ism? Zarf. Everybody say it. Ism? Zarf. So what is mashriq? What is maghrib? Mashriq is the east and maghrib is the west. Mashriq is where the sun rises from Maghrib is where the sun sets. However, it's not only the sun that rises and sets, but the moon also, it appears and disappears at night. Similarly, the stars, they appear and they disappear. So there is a rising point and there is a setting point. There is a rising point and a setting point. Of what? Of all of these celestial bodies. Everything that we see in the sky. So, وَلِلَّهِ الْمَشْرِقُ maghrib Meaning every east and every west. Similarly, if you're standing in one way, your east is in one direction, and your west is the other. But if you're standing in another direction, then your east and west will be completely opposite. So to Allah belongs the east and the west, meaning every east and every west. And this can also be understood as وَلِلَّهِ wal maghrib Meaning to Allah belongs everything. Because the entire world, the entire earth—if you think about it—there is east, west. If you turn around, east, west is different. It includes the entire earth. So, al So, wherever you turn, in whatever direction, wa Any direction that you face, any direction that you turn to, fathma. So, there. Notice the word Thamma. This is not thumma. What is it? Thamma. Summa means then, and samma means there. Summa means there. It's called Ism ishara to point out to a direction, to a place. This is just like Hada, this, ذلك, that, ulaika, those. Okay, so there, pointing to a place. Fa So over there is Wajhullah, the face of Allah. Wajh. Wow, jimha, we did this word yesterday as well. So in whatever direction you turn to, there is the face of Allah. What does it mean by this? This has been understood in two ways. First of all, it has been said that it means that Allah's knowledge includes everything. Any place you face, any direction you face, any place you go to, east or the west. Who knows about that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who governs over it? Allah. Who decides concerning it? Allah. When it comes to the east, who decides it should rain or snow? Allah. When it comes to the west, who decides it should rain or snow or none? Allah. So the law of Allah, the decision of Allah, the rule of Allah, it's not limited to Makkah and Medina. But rather it encompasses every place, every single place, everywhere you go. فَثَمَّ وَجْهُ اللَّهُ Secondly, other scholars have said that, فَثَمَّ Meaning, Allah is before you. Any place, any direction that you face, Allah is in front of you, meaning when you worship Allah. Then you are facing who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We also learn in a hadith which is mentioned in Sahih Bukhari, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is wajh al musalli, That Allah is in front of, before the face of the person who is praying. You understand that Allah is before... The face of the one who is praying, meaning Allah is in front of you. However, we cannot say that Allah is here. No, we do not limit Allah to a place and we do not go into such details. We do not go into such details because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is not limited to physical limitations like we are. And it is incorrect to start describing that okay, Allah is here or He is there. No, this is not correct. However, we learn from the hadith that Allah is before a person who prays to Him. So, what's the purpose of this? What's the objective? What are we being told over here? That any place you're in, whether it's the east or the west, whose law is there? Who governs over there? Allah. Any place you're in, and you're facing a particular direction, who are you praying to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, if you are standing here, and when you pray salah, you face your northeast or northwest? Qibla is what? Northeast, right? However, there are some other people in other places of the world, when they're praying salah, they face south, or they face east. Their east. I'm not saying that east of the world, but their east. So, any place that a person is in, and when he prays salah, who is before him? Allah. al Mashriq wal Maghrib. أَيْنَمَا تُوَلُّوا فَثَمَّ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَاسِعٌ عَلِيمٌ. Indeed, Allah is wasir, He is vast. And He is alim, He is knowing. He is wasir, waw, seen, What does wasir mean? Vastness, spaciousness. So Allah's attributes, they are vast. Allah's knowledge is not limited. Allah's sight is not limited. His hearing is not limited. His wisdom is not limited. No. His qudra, His quwwah nothing is limited. No. He is wasir, He is vast. And He is alim, He is all-knowing. Anywhere you go, you are in the mulk of Allah. So you are to obey Allah. And remember that Allah is alim, He knows about you. He knows what you're doing, where you are, whatever activities that you are engaged in. What's the lesson that we learn in this verse? Are we bound to the obedience of Allah only in Makkah and Medina? Any place we're in. That no matter where we are, whether it's school or home or mall, whether it's the basement of our house or it is outside in the public or it is at the mosque or it is with our friends or alone, with our parents or without our parents, no matter where we are, who is watching us? Allah is watching us. We are still in the mulk of Allah. We are never ever alone. Allah is watching us. And this means that we are to obey Allah in every land, in every place. Some people, it happens with them that when they go to a particular place, they start praying. And when they go to another place, they don't pray over there. I remember I was very young. I was perhaps 9 or 11 or something. We were traveling from Germany to Jeddah. So we're flying from Germany, going to Jeddah in Saudi. And we're sitting in the plane, and all of a sudden, there's an announcement that's made that we'll be landing in half an hour or something like that. And all of a sudden, I see these women, they're standing up and they're getting their bags out of the cabin. And all of a sudden, they're all dressed up in arbayas and niqabs and their gloves. I'm like, hey, I didn't even know that these people were Muslim. There are some people who, when they are in some lands, they don't even wear the hijab. But when they go to a land where they're Muslims, then they're shrouded from head to toe. This is thinking that Allah's law is applicable in one place and not applicable in another place. What do we learn in the ayah? The East and the West both belong to Allah. No matter what place you're at, you are required to obey Allah. So whether it is Canada, or the States, or the UK, or Europe, or Iceland, or Finland, or whatever, we are to worship Allah. We are to obey Allah. Because this land, it belongs to who? Allah. Inna Allahu in We can never ever escape Allah. Many times it happens that there are children who when they go to school, they have their hijab and As soon as they step in, off. In front of their parents at home, praying salah. As soon as they go to school, no salah. Even if the time of Salatul Zuhur comes and Salatul Asr comes, no salah. No. Remember that we are not to worship people. Who are we worshiping? Allah. If we worship people, then we pray in front of them. If we worship Allah, then we will pray even behind the people even when they are not watching us. وقالوا, and they say Allah has taken a child. They say, meaning the Jews and the Christians, their claim is that Hamza Allah has a child. The word walad is a generic noun. It's used for singular, plural, masculine, feminine. Just as in the English language, the word child, can it apply to a boy? Both, boy as well as girl. So similarly in the Arabic language. However, there's one more addition. It can apply to singular as well as plural. So they say that Allah has a child. Who says this? The same people who are being mentioned. Who were being mentioned previously? The Jews and the Christians. What did the Jews say? al Yahudu ibn Allah. They said that Uzair, alayhi salam, He is the son of Allah. This belief is not within all of the Jewish people, but this was a particular sect of Jews who had this belief. That Uzair salam, one of the prophets of Allah, that he is the son of Allah. What about the Christians? What did they say? That al Masihu Isa salam, he is Ibn Allah, he is the son of Allah. The mushrikeen of Makkah, they claimed that Allah had daughters. They said that the angels, what are they? Daughters of Allah. So, waqalu اتَّخَذَ allah walada they say that Allah has a child. Allah says, Bal rather, no, this is not right at all. He does not have any child. Instead, Lahu, for him, meaning to him it belongs. What belongs to him? Ma samawat, whatever that is in the skies, wal ard and the earth. Anything that is in the skies, anything that is in the earth. Whose property is it? Who owns it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lahu ma fi samawat wal Why is this being said? When Allah owns everything, when Allah owns everything in the heavens and the earth, then what does it mean? That every single thing is the creation of Allah. It is the khalq of Allah. Everything, whether human or angel, what are they? The creation of Allah. And your creation, can it be your child? Something that you have made, can it be your child? No, you don't make your own child. For example, even within humans, can you make your own child? You can't. You have no say in it at all. So your creation cannot be your children. But Allah says, samawati wal Everything in the heavens and the earth is His property, and your property cannot be your child. Another reason why this is being said is, Ballahuma samawati is because when Allah is the owner of everything, then He does not need a child. Who needs a child? Why do creation need children? To produce more generations. For support. You know, people say, make sure you have children because when you grow old, nobody's going to be there to take care of you. Why else do people want children? Yes. Because they're weak. They need to spend time with them. They feel lonely without children. Isn't it? People who don't have children, who want to have children, But they don't have. Other people say to them, you know what, enjoy. Until you have children, have a good time. But they say, no, I want kids. I want children. And people will spend thousands and thousands of dollars in treatment to have kids. But they're being told, don't have, you're fine. But they're like, no, I want. This is a human weakness. We feel incomplete without children. We feel incomplete until we have a spouse. And we feel incomplete until we have children. When a person has a spouse, they feel a little bit complete. And when they have children, they feel absolutely complete. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is perfect. He does not need children. He is above this weakness. He is above any deficiency, any weakness. So He does not need the support of anyone, the help of anyone, the care of anyone. He doesn't need that. لَهُمَا فِي wal وَالْأَرْضِ This is the second reason. The first is that your property cannot be your children. The second is that Allah is above the weakness of having children. Thirdly, when someone has a child, that child resembles them. Their child is like them. Even if the facial features don't resemble as much, but a human child is cat. What is it? Human. Human child is Human. So how is it possible that Na'udu Allah would have a child, but that child is angel, or that child is a human being? No, no. Lahum Samawati These people, these angels, they are the property of Allah, and there is no resemblance between Allah and the creation. So this creation cannot be the children of Allah. And instead, all of them, they are obedient, devoutly obedient to Allah. Kullun, all of them. Meaning, everything that is in the heavens and the earth is to him qanitun. qanitun is the plural of qanit. qanit is from qunut, qaf, noon, ta. And qunut is to be devoutly obedient to someone. To be humble before someone, to be under them, to listen to everything they say, to follow every command, and to be constantly obedient. Not once in a while, not when they feel like, but constantly. It gives meaning of dawam, of continuity. So قانيتون, Everything is obedient to Allah. You might say, Well, there are many people who are not obedient to Allah. Then what does it mean by this Kullahu Answer this question for me. So our bodies they are still under the control of Allah. They're still under the command of Allah. The thing is that when it comes to the command of Allah, I told you earlier the Hukum of Allah is Sharri, Kauni and Jazai. When it comes to the Shari command, yes, people have the choice. Some obey, others don't. But when it comes to the kauni command, do people have any choice? No. People can do whatever they want to to prevent their bodies from aging. But can they do so? They cannot. They can do whatever they want to prevent themselves from dying. But can they do so? No. They will eventually die. They can do whatever they want to prevent themselves from ever getting sick, from ever getting tired. But it's not going to happen. Whose command is it that governs over them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, our nafs may not be completely obedient to Allah. However, our bodies, they are completely obedient. كُلُّ لَهُ قَانِتُونَ From the clouds, to the trees, to the angels, to the birds, everything. Whether aqil or ghair aqil. Whether living or non-living. Even rocks. Even mountains. Everything is obedient to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which is why whenever Allah gives it any command, it does it. For example, whenever Allah commands for rain to come, it will rain. Whenever Allah will command for sun to shine, it will shine. For a tree to die, it will die. For a tree to grow, it will grow. So, كُلُّ لَهُ قَانِتُونَ When such is the case, then Allah does not need any children. Then Allah says, samawati wal وَالْأَضِ He is the originator of the heavens and the earth. Badir بَادَ Ain. And this is to invent something, to make something for the very first time, that nothing like it has ever existed before. So he is the originator of the heavens and the earth. You may have the word bid'ah. Have you heard of the word bid'ah? It's from the same root. What is bid'ah? Innovation. Something new in their religion. Something new that was not there before. Something that the Prophet ﷺ did not command, he did not do, the Sahaba did not do, the early generations did not do. This is something new, an innovation, and this is why it's not accepted. So, Badee'u Samawati Wal He is the originator of the heavens and the earth, of the skies and the earth. وَإِذَا قَضَى amran, And when He decrees for a matter, قَضَى قَاف ضَادِيَة, قَضَى is to make a final judgment with regard to something. So, when He decrees for an amr, Amr Hamza Mimra, when He decides with regards to a matter, فَإِنَّمَا يَقُول, then indeed He only says. Lahu to it kun bi fayakun, and it happens. When Allah decides for a matter that it should take place, then He only has to say kun, and it happens. This is the power and the might of Allah. And we people, we can order others a hundred times, still they will not listen. We can try to do something, we can attempt to do something a number of times, still it doesn't happen right. But Allah He just says Kun Fayakunu and it happens. Kun and Fayakun, both of these words are from the root letters, wa Why is this being said? Amran fainna ma kun fayakun. If you think about it, the Christians, for example, their belief concerning Isa ﷺ being the son of Allah, why do they have that belief? Because they couldn't understand how Isa could have been born just from a mother. He had to have a father. And if we don't know who the father is, or there is no father, human father, then it has to be Allah subhanahu wa taala. Billah. Why did they say this? Because of their not understanding properly the power and the ability of Allah subhanahu wa taala. If Allah can create Adam alayhi salam without a mother and father, can He not create Isa alayhi salam without a father? Of course He can. He only has to say kun and fayakun, It happens. So people have come up with these wrong, incorrect beliefs about the prophets of Allah, about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because of their lack of understanding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He just says, Kun, fayakun. With regards to Isa alayhi Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Ali Imran ayah 59 that, إِنَّ مَثَلَ Isa عندَ اللَّهِ كَمَثَلِ Adam. Indeed, the example of Isa alayhi near Allah is like the example of Adam. خَلَقَهُ مِنْ تُرَابٍ ثُمَّ قَالَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُونَ Allah created Adam from clay and He said, Be, and He came into existence. Simple. For Allah, it's not difficult. He just says, Kun and Fayakun. It happens. And He only says Kun once. He doesn't have to repeat. He does not have to repeat. Not even one more time. It just happens. Allah, He does not need any children. He is above any weakness. And we learn in a hadith that. The Prophet ﷺ says that Allah ta'ala says that the son of Adam, he has cursed me, he abuses me, that he belies me and shatamani, that he abuses me, verbally insults me. And the son of Adam has no right to do so. As for his denial, he says that Allah cannot resurrect me just as he created me the first time. But for Allah, creating the second time is much easier than the first time. It's not difficult for him at all. And as for his insulting Allah, how does he insult Allah? He says that Allah has a child. Whereas Allah is al-ahad, al-samad. Allah says that, لَمْ alidu, وَلَمْ ulad, وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لِي كُفُؤًا أَحَدٌ Just as we learn in Surah Al-Ikhlas. That Allah is one, He is al-samad. There is no one who is like Him. He does not beget, nor is He begotten. And there is none who is like Him. So ascribing partners to Allah, ascribing children to Allah, this is what? abusing, insulting Allah. This is insulting Allah. Think about it. As human beings even, if we have been given a position, if we have been given a particular title, do we ever want to share it with anybody? Not at all. And if we feel that somebody else has to come and share that with us, we feel insulted. And what are we? Human beings only. With limited ability, limited power how is it ever possible that we could ever ascribe partners with Allah or say that He has children? No, He is above that weakness. Let's listen to the recitation.
1: وَلِلَّهِ الْمَشْرِقُ وَالْمَغْرِبَ فَأَيْنَمَا تُوَلُّوا فَثَمَّ وجه اللَّهِ, إن الله واسع عليم. وَقَالُوا اتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ وَلَدًا سُبْحَانَهُ بَلْ لَهُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ كُلٌّ لَّهُ قَانِتُونَ بَدِيعُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَإِذَا قَضَىٰ أَمْرًا فَإِنَّمَا يَقُولُ لَهُ كُن فَيَكُونُ
0: her question is that after she prays Salah in the morning, she stretches, does a little bit of yoga, stretches her body, and she also does her adhkar. Is that okay? Yeah. Why not? Because A, there's nothing preventing you. And B, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, الَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَىٰ Those people who remember Allah, standing and sitting and lying down, meaning in every position in every state. So I think it's a very good use of your time that as you are stretching your body and exercising, you also do dhikr. Because many times it happens that you want to, for example, do dhikr, but you're busy doing other things. And at that time, your tongue is free. right? So use your tongue. Exercise your tongue as well. Let's continue. أعوذ Ayah number 118. وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ And those people who do not know, they say, وَقَالَ And he said who? la alamuna. those people who have no knowledge who are these people who have no knowledge people who have no ilm of the deen people who have no ilm of the book of allah they say lawla يُكَلِّمُنَ اللَّهُ why does allah not speak to us yukallimuna kaf lam mim kallama yukallimu to talk to converse to address someone to speak with so they say, why does Allah not talk to us? We want Allah to talk to us directly. They say that we want Allah to talk to us directly. Ta'atina Aya. A sign, a miracle should come to us. Taatina Hamzata? Yeah. A sign should come to us. Meaning why does this not happen? The mushrikeen of Makkah, they used to demand many things from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They would say, we will only believe in you until we see such and such, until you can show such and such to us. And one of the demands they made was, Allah should talk to us. لَوْ لَا Think about it. As citizens of a country, does the president talk to everybody? If a person is told, you're living in this country, and the law is that you're not allowed to drive on this street above 100 kilometers an hour. He says, no, I will never believe until the president tells me until he tells me directly. I want him to call me. In fact, I want him to call me to his place and he should tell me directly. What would you say about this person? What do you think of yourself? Isn't it? So why is it that when it comes to the law of Allah, we say, or there are some people who say, that we will never believe until Allah tells us directly. Well, Allah told His Prophet and the Prophet conveyed to you. And you are only a human being. And you are the servant of Allah and Allah has sent this command to you, so you better follow. And if a person says, لَوْ لَا اللَّهِ then this shows how ignorant he is. And they say, أَوْ تَأْتِينَا Or how come a miracle doesn't come to us? You see, every Prophet of Allah was given miracles. Like for example, Musa as, he was given the miracle of the staff. Isa as, he was also given many miracles. Prophet what miracle was he given? What was the main miracle that was given to him? The Qur'an. The Qur'an is message and miracle in one. And if you read the Qur'an, if you go into the depths of the words of the Qur'an, if you look at the beauty of the words, the language, the eloquence, this is truly a miracle. And the facts that are mentioned, it is truly a miracle. The wisdom that is mentioned, it is truly a miracle. And the way it has been preserved over time, 1400 years have passed by, but still it is preserved. This is definitely a miracle. It has changed so many people. It is definitely a miracle. But anyway, the mushrikeen of Makkah, they said, no, we want to see some physical miracle. Musa was given a staff. How come you O Prophet have not been given a miracle like that? But if you think about it, the Prophet was also given other physical miracles even. Can you think of an example? The moon split. Any other example? many times it would happen, like a person would be injured or he would be stung by some insect or something and he would put his saliva on it and it would be completely cured. And remember I told you that incident when people had no water, it was very limited. A bowl of water was brought to him and he put his hand into it and the water was pouring out of it. So other physical miracles were also given to him. However, those who don't want to believe, they don't consider them to be miracles. They say, no, no, we want to see something different. Allah says, كَذَٰلِكَ Likewise, in the same way, قَالَ الَّذِينَ min قَبْلِهِمْ Those people before them said that as well. مِثْلَ قولهم, Similar to their statement. The ignorant people before them made the exact same demand. Like for example, the Bani Israel. Did they make the same demand? لَوْ لَا الله, Did they make a similar demand? Yes, they did. They said, we will never believe until we see Allah. Allah says, qulubuhum. Their hearts resemble, تَشَابَهَتْ شِيمْ بَاهَا تشابه is when two or more things resemble with each other, when they're similar to one another. How are they similar? In their appearance, in their form, in their characteristics. So Tashabahat qulubuhum. Qulub is the plural of qalb. Their hearts resemble. In what sense? That the people of the past, they thought like this, and the people of today, they think like that as well. The people of the past, they made those demands. The people of today, they make the same demands. So we see that despite the passage of time, the thinking of people has remained the same. Human nature has remained the same. It has not changed. People say that, no, this is a very modern age and we have become very different. But if you think about it, the claims that are made today are very similar to those that were made in the past. The falsehood that people practice today is very similar to the falsehood that was practiced in the past. The false things that people said in the past, very similar to the false things that people say today. And despite that, think that they have become very modern, that they have become very advanced. Despite all those discoveries, despite all the physical advancement, people thinking has remained the same. قلوبهم, their thinking is the same. Allah says, Qad Certainly we have made clear بيانون, تبهين, to make something clear. We have made clear آيات, the verses, the signs. يقنون, for those people who have yaqeen, To have certainty. So those people who have certainty, they see the signs, they see the miracles, they are very, very obvious to them. If you think about it, there were many people who believed in the Prophet ﷺ. Did they see many physical miracles? No, not necessarily. But what did they see? that made them believe. They saw the truthfulness of the Prophet When they saw him, they knew he was not a liar. When they heard the Qur'an, they knew it was not falsehood. So those people who have believed to them, miracles are everywhere. And if you think about it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who has created this universe. And if you reflect on anything in this creation, isn't it miraculous? It's amazing. Just think about it. How rain falls on us, how does it fall? Just like that from the sky? An entire process has happened before. The water has been evaporated, the temperature has come to a particular window, and then the clouds have formed, and then they have been driven, and then the rain falls. It's a miracle. You look at your own body. you look at your own body, your own immune system, your digestive system, how your heart pumps, and how your blood goes through the entire body. Isn't that a miracle? It's a miracle. Look at the creation of a child. A child who was non-existent a year ago, two years ago. And now, amazing. And if you think about it, where was he made? Where was he formed? Where was he created? In the womb of the mother, hidden in the darkness. And it's amazing that when the child comes out, he has perfect skin, perfect eyes, perfect nose, perfect hair. I mean, things you cannot even imagine. You cannot even do yourself. Aren't these miracles? These are miracles. So the miracles are there for who? Who will notice them? People who have yaqeen, people who have certainty in Allah. People who have no doubt in the power of Allah. For them, miracles are spread everywhere. They don't need to see, for example, a stick turning into a snake. No. They don't even need to see that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent these miracles before. However, those people who reflect, they don't need to see such miracles. For them, miracles are everywhere. So الْآيَاتِ لِقَوْمٍ يُقِنُونَ For those people who are certain, the miracles are everywhere. What do we learn in this verse? That those people who don't submit to the truth, but rather make demands, whether it is of miracles or making such demands that Allah should talk to us, then such people, what do they have? Ignorance. What are they? Ignorant people. Because Allah says, كَذَلِكَ قَالَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ مِثْلَ قَوْلِهِمْ تَشَابَهَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ And at the beginning of the ayah, Allah says, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Those people who do not know, who do not have ilm. So a person who does not humble himself to the truth, who does not submit to the truth, then what does he have in himself? Ignorance. And many times it happens that a person is behaving like this because he thinks of himself to be very intelligent and very great. But in fact, this is ignorant behavior. Let's continue. Indeed, we have sent you with the truth. Bashiran as a bearer of good news, ونذيرا, and also as a warner. The Prophet is being addressed that indeed we have sent you with the truth. The religion, the Quran, the Wahi, everything that was given to the Prophet was what? The truth. There is no falsehood in it, there is no doubt in it. It is all factual, it is all authentic, it is all beneficial. And he was sent as a bāshīrān wa-nadīrā. Bāshīr bāshīn rā and nadīr nūn thal rā. Bāshīr is the one who conveys būshra, who conveys good news, and nadīr is the one who conveys warning. Būshra, good news. We have read the word bāshīr earlier. Wa-bāshīrilladīna amanu wa What is būshra? Good news, right? But what kind of news is it? Such that affects your skin, because it's from the word bāshara, which is the skin of the human being. So it affects your skin, meaning you feel the happiness, the excitement on your skin. If you we like jumping, if you feel like moving, if you feel like rolling up your sleeves or whatever, you feel excited, and we see people start doing a lot of things when they're excited. They start rubbing their hands, rolling up their sleeves. It's as though they're jumping out of their skin. Excited. So we have sent you as a bearer of good news. The Prophet Sallallahu came to convey good news. Good news of what? Good news of reward good news of Jannah, good news of Allah's help, good news of His mercy in this world as well as in the hereafter. Dal Ra. Who is a warner? Someone who warns someone against some harm, against danger. Who is warned against danger or harm? The one who is doing something wrong. For example, if a child is holding a knife, you warn the child. If you don't put it down, you might... Hurt yourself. So the warning is given of danger. Why? Because they're doing something wrong. So, what is the warning to the Prophet conveyed? The warning of punishment against hellfire, against harmful consequences in this world as well as in the hereafter. So, إِنَّ أُرْسَلْنَاكَ بِالْحَقِّ بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا But look at the balance here. He came as the one who conveyed good news as well as warning. Many times it happens that when people start talking to someone, advising them, either they keep encouraging them or they keep scaring them. There should be a balance. And we see this in the Quran. And we see this in the way that the Prophet ﷺ conveyed the deen as well. You will not be asked, you will not be questioned. You will not be questioned on Ashab al jahim about the people of Hellfire. Ashab, plural of Sahib, and Jahim is hellfire. It's from the root letters ha mim, And jahim literally is fire that is very great. It is a very great fire. Jahama is to stare at someone with a very sharp look. Like for example, the stare of a lion. Stare of a lion. Have you ever seen how a lion sits and he just watches? How for example, a zebra is coming and then all of a sudden he will pounce, he will attack. But if you look at the stare, isn't it scary? It's very penetrating. It's very scary. Likewise, we learn about the hellfire that, in جَهَنَّمَ It's lying in wait. It's lying in wait against two, those people who are to enter into it. So, وَلَا تُسْأَلُوا عَنْ أَصْحَابِ الْجَحِيمِ And you will not be questioned about the people of hellfire. What does it mean by this ayah? We see that the Prophet is being comforted. When he was conveying the message to the people, They were not necessarily believing right away. We see the mushrikeen of Makkah, they made weird demands. The Jews in Medina, they also said wrong things to him. They also made weird demands from him. So he is being comforted that it's not your fault. We have sent you with the truth, don't doubt yourself. You convey good news, you convey warning. But if people don't believe, they don't respond, it's not your fault. You will not be held accountable for them. It happens with us as well. Sometimes we're trying to tell somebody, we're trying to advise somebody. Do this, it's good for you. Don't do this, it's harmful for you. But they don't listen. What should we do at that time? Give up? Say forget about it? Or cry and feel very disappointed? No. Do your job, do your best, and leave the rest to Allah. And Allah knows how much effort you're putting in, and Allah knows the state of other people as well. And Allah says, وَلَن تَرْضَى عَنكَ And He will never be happy with you. لَن تَرْضَى رَا To be happy, to be pleased. He will never be pleased with you. Who? الْيَهُودِ وَلَا nasara And nor the Christians. The Jews and the Christians, they will never ever be happy with you. حَتَّىٰ أَنتِلْ تَتَّبِعَ يُفَلُوْ تَابَعِينَ millatahum Their creed. They will never be pleased with you until you follow their religion. At the time of the Prophet ﷺ, what happened? The Jews, they would come and they would say really wrong things to the Prophet ﷺ, insulting him, abusing him, betraying him conspiring against the muslims many wrong things happen and you wonder sometimes why are these people working against me why are they trying to harm me what crime did i ever commit allah tells the believers over here that the problem is that you have islam they will never be happy with you until you follow their creed hatta ta milla lam, and milla is a creed aqida religion of a people so until you follow their ways, they will never be pleased with you. And it happens, not just at the time of the Prophet Wasallam, but even today, that people will never be happy with you until you follow them exactly. You can try to come up with some way that you can coexist with them, but some people, they are very intolerant, they cannot accept you until you become like them. Otherwise, they will constantly have a problem with you. For example, you're working with them. They want you to come to dinner with them. And you tell them, I'm sorry, I cannot go there because I don't eat such food and I don't drink such things. They will not be happy with you until you become like them. Hatta So what should you do? Become like them to make them happy? Because this is what some people say, that we have to assimilate, we have to become like others in order to fit in. Like for example, dress up in their way, Speak like them, behave like them, talk like them, live like them, celebrate like them. Do everything that they do to fit in. Is this what you should do? Forget your values and fit in? Allah warns us. قُلْ Say, هُوَ الهدى. Indeed the guidance of Allah is actually the real guidance. هُدَى هَذَا Meaning the guidance that Allah gives, the knowledge that Allah gives, the instruction that Allah gives. That is the right way, that is the right guidance. In other words, if you follow the way that Allah has prescribed, only then you are on the truth. And if you follow any other way, then you are no longer on truth. Then you are headed towards destruction, you are headed towards failure. The only way that leads to success in this world and the hereafter is the way that Allah has shown and if a person follows any other way, then he will not be successful neither in this world nor in the hereafter. And just think about it. If a person, for example, follows the ways of the others just to please them, just to make them happy, then what is he going to do? He's going to be left with nothing. You know what happens? Many times it happens that when people go to, for example, a western country to live there, they leave their culture, they leave their religion, they leave everything. And at the end, they're like a lost sheep. Neither here nor there. They don't fit in anywhere. They go back home, they've forgotten their language. Their children don't speak their language. They don't know how to eat that food. And when they're here, they don't even belong to those people. They're always different because the color of their skin is different. Because their background is different. So such a person becomes like what? A stray sheep, not belonging to any flock. He has nowhere to go. He becomes like a lonely person. Remember, be proud of your identity. Be confident about who you are. Don't lose your identity just to fit in with other people. Because no matter how much you try to fit in with them, you will never ever be one of them. And because you will never be one of them, you will always be different. So if you leave your ways to fit in with them, you will neither be here, nor will you be there. Qul innahu dAllahi hu It is the right guidance. So never ever leave that. Allah says, "Wala inittaba'at." And if you followed, اتَّبَعْتَ تَابَعِين If you followed, أَهْوَاءَهُمْ their desires. Ahwa is the plural of hawa. If you followed their desires, notice it hasn't been said if you followed their religion. What has been said if you followed their desires? Because in fact, what they follow is their desires. For example, even if it comes to their faith, their religion, what will they do? Whatever they feel like, and what will they leave? Whatever they don't like. Wala inittaba'at ahwa If you would follow their desires. العلم, after that knowledge has come to you, which knowledge is this? The knowledge of revelation, the wahid, the Qur'an. Malaka Then you will not have مِنَ اللَّهِ Against Allah. مِنْ ولي, Any wali, وَلَا نَصِيرٌ Nor any helper. Who is wali? The one who brings good to you. And who is nasir? The one who averts harm from you. So if you abandon your religion, and if you start following their desires, then you will never ever have the protection or the help of Allah. Then you will be left on your own. And when you are left on your own, you will neither have the help of Allah nor will you have them. Let's listen to the
1: recitation. كذلك قال الذين من قبلهم مثل قولهم تشابهت قلوبهم قد بينا الايات لقوم يوقنون انا ارسلناك بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا ولا تسأل عن اصحاب الجحيم ولن ترضى عن اليهود ولن النصارى حتى تتبع ملتهم قل إنه دالله هو الهدا ولئن تبعته هوهم بعد الذي جاءك من العلم مالك من الله موليو ولا نصير.
0: What lesson do we learn that many times it happens that at a school or at college or whatever at a workplace. People will try to fit in with others just to become like them, but they can never actually fit in, no matter how hard they try. And if they do try to fit in, then what are they compromising on? Their religion. And when they compromise on their religion, then what does Allah say? مِنَ مِنْ then, if Allah will punish you, you will have no one to protect you, to benefit you, to save you. So, we should be afraid of Allah. Don't start talking like other people just to please them, using such words which Allah does not like. Saying such things, doing such things that Allah does not like. Many times it happens that just to become like others, just to imitate others, we forget our religious values. And in this way, we're only humiliating ourselves. A person thinks that you know I have to fit in, I have to become like them just to be successful in this world. But the fact is that مَا لَكَ مِنَ اللَّهِ مِنْ وَلِيٍّ وَلَا <نصير> You will neither be successful in this world nor in the hereafter. Eventually you will suffer. And we see this, that it happens, that for example a person imitates other people in the way they live, in the way they behave, in the way they talk, in the way they chase this world. And at the end he has nothing. Neither his family with him, nor his wealth with him, nothing with him.